Amen. Carry to their feet. In heavenly places. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So, last week we began the session on the basic doctrines and um, we understood the necessity of the basic doctrines. Okay? And we came to a conclusion that to become a good Christian or to work according to the principles of God, you must have the right foundations. That is why it was of necessity that Paul, when he was writing to the the people of you know the Jewish people, the Hebrews, when he goes to chapter five, while he was talking about the priesthood, he had to pause from verse twelve down. Says that for when for the time ye also have been teachers, he had the need that one teach you again what be the first principles of the oracles of God. And have become as such that have need of milk, but not strong meat. Last week we looked at the difference between milk and strong meat. And we said that for anyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are lawful, even them that by reason of use have their senses exercised to descend both we are given. Then chapter 6 begins by saying, Therefore, Living the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again. Then he mentions the six fundamental doctrines of which we saw to last week. We looked at the concept of repentance from dead works, and we looked at faith towards God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that were not here, you, you can get the recording. And, um, and I personally believe that these two, that repentance from dead works and faith towards God, they are, you know, the, the most important out of the sex, okay? But we will continue. Of course, we understood the meaning of repentance, which is metanoia, which has to do with changing your mindset. And the reason why that was necessary is because we understood that before you came to Christ, there were certain, you know, characteristics or certain characters or certain traits or certain attitudes that you had because of how you were trained. But when you come to Christ, there is of necessity that you change the way you live your life. So there has to be that repentance. There are a lot of things that a believer can repent from, but here Paul is saying that we should repent from dead works. So we looked at what dead works were. We saw that dead works in the life of an unbeliever, anything that an unbeliever does, no matter how good it looks, is dead works in God's sight because an unbeliever in God's sight is dead because the person is totally disconnected from God who is the source of life, okay? When we came to the life of a believer, then we understood, first of all, um, the steps, okay, or what happens before any person takes any actions. We saw that any action that any person takes, first of all, comes from the motive. So it comes from a motive, then there is a motivation or a zeal or spirit or an enthusiasm or an ebullience. We look at all those things before finally there is the action. So before you take any action, there is a motive, there is a motivation before the motion or the action or the function. Hallelujah. So then when we say dead works, first of all, if the motive is wrong in God's sight, whatever you are doing is dead. Secondly, if the motivation or the zeal is, you know, there is no zeal in what you are doing, you might have a good motive if the zeal is absent in God's sight, whatever you are doing is dead and it's, it's not going to reward you for that, okay? And of course, lastly, when the action is wrong, 
devil. Then we looked at the concept of faith. Uh, of course, we understood that faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. Then we came to a higher definition, which is simply faith being obedience towards God. Because, of course, what is the essence of you believing that God exists? Okay, what, what we know as faith, the substance of things, for evidence of things not. You you have the conviction that God is real, though though you must use your five physical sense organs, okay, to perceive God. But you have a conviction in your heart that God exists. Hallelujah. Are you here? Oh, are you here? Yes. But what does it mean if you believe in your heart that God exists and your actions denounce your faith? So faith has to do with the obedience towards God. That's faith. And then we saw the relationship between faith and works. That we have the, the, the same point, okay, different sides of the same point. Your faith will ultimately be manifested by the things you do or your works. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, we went to, uh, we looked at the subjective faith and objective faith. We looked at, um, of course, faith. Uh, one of the prerequisites for faith is information. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear something before this is Therefore, faith is not illogical, as people think. Because before you, you can have faith in anything, you must have an information about it. That's why God gives us the Bible. Information about him, and he's asking you every day, Do you believe? And the evidence is provided. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That was just a quick sermon. Oh, we're not clapping. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you continue from verse 2. That is the doctrine of what? The doctrine of. Now, now I'll catch you if you don't know your Bible, I'll catch you. You say doctrine of baptism, then I'll catch you. Then, you know. I know you don't know your Bible. It's doctrine of baptism. Plural. Do you know why I take those things very, very carefully? But when I'm reading my Bible, I take whether it's plural or singular, whether it's past tense or present tense, or it's in the aerial tense, all those other tense, okay? Whether it's in the indicative mood, whether it's subjunctive mood. You didn't learn English word. <laughs> okay? We look at all those things. Because it's very important. I saw when I saw Galatians 3 16, it changed my life. That Paul will make a whole doctrine. Can you go there? When you see that, it will change the way you read it. You read your Bible. Okay, let's go there. Galatians 3 16. Is that now to Abraham and his seed, right? You see, if you don't know your Bible, <laughs> if you don't know your Bible, you see, you know if you recognize that the S is capital. Okay? The S is what? Capital. And it's what? Singular. Okay. When the promise is made, he does not say what? And to what? See. So when you, when you go to the Old Testament and you see God promising Abraham, you, you, you are reading your Bible, you think seed, seed. You think, oh God, God said, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a seed. You would think that that seed that God was referring to was what? Isaac. But you see over here that the seed was with Christ. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That's what he's let's go to let's go back to our Hebrews 2 our Hebrews 6 amen the, the doctrine of baptism now let's talk about how many of us here have been baptized we've been baptized okay. so, <clears throat> so now the, the, the fact that the baptism means that there are different forms of baptisms right Good. now what are the forms of baptisms to understand baptism 
you need, you need to know that we, we, we are always looking at what the person who is the person who is what baptizing. Okay, you let's call the person a baptizer, right? And then the person who is being baptized, you call the person what baptizing. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. And then I can add a third category, which is what the person is being baptized into. So three. So if you know these three, we can draw a table. Okay, you can label one side, baptizer, baptizee, and then the third one, what the person is being baptized That one, it should be long. What the person is being baptized Okay? Good. Now, the concept of baptism is not strange. It's not something in the New Testament. We see it in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Old Testament. I don't want to stretch you too much. Okay? I'm not stretching too much. But we can, we can see. I'll give you a very simple one, which you, you would agree. Okay? Of course, when God was leaving, God was leading the Egyptians, sorry, the Israelites through the Red Sea to the wilderness. That was baptism. That's how they were baptized. Hallelujah. You know that it's in the Bible. So the, the Bible says Paul came and said that when they were when they were when they were moving through when they were moving through the Red Sea, that was their form of baptism. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. They're being baptized. You see, baptism will always take you from one level to another level. It will take you from Egypt to where? To the wilderness. Then there is another form of baptism through the river Jordan, which will take you from the wilderness into the promised land. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Baptism. Okay. So they were, they were baptized. They were baptized through the Red Sea. So the Red Sea is, this, is symbolic. Symbolic for baptism. Talks about God delivering you from Egypt, which has to do with bondage. And you see, when God delivers you from Egypt, it does not take you straight to the promised land. There is a there is a path called the wilderness. And you all go through that, that, that period. Okay, and you have to understand. So, you know, people think that when, when you become a Christian, things will go on well for you, right? remember, and you have to be, you, have, you have to know that when you become a Christian, okay, things will rather paradoxically become what? It's called. And you don't go back to Egypt and say, hey, you commit the vegetables of Egypt. As the Israelites were saying. Hallelujah. Time to be taught. So this is the Old Testament, you know, um, um illustration of baptism. But when you come into the New Testament, we see that before Jesus was being baptized by John, John had already had been baptizing. That's what is called the baptism of John, which has to do with, which is also called the baptism of what? Repentance. Okay, so this was the baptism of repentance. So you come and stand there and speak with you, you what? What? Vipers. You'll be calling the, the, the soldiers vipers. And you'll be just blasting them. Repent from your old ways. Repent from your sins. So that was what John was doing. Okay, so John's baptism was so that they would be repented. That was just a physical baptism. But John said that there is one coming, that's Jesus Christ, who is going to baptize you with what? With, with Holy Ghost and what? And fire. fire. So John was also doing his baptism. You see, I'm showing that there are different forms of baptism. And all the forms have what they are achieving. So John's baptism was just to make the people repent from their old ways. Are you getting it? When Jesus came, Jesus had to be us, baptized. Do you know why? You see, 
John was the one who baptized Jesus, right? But it was not so that Jesus would repent. From what? You get it. But I, I want to show you something. That where was John baptizing? The river was what? Jordan. And I, I said over here that in the Old Testament, they had to move from where? From the wilderness to where? You see, from the what? So let's look at. So let's say these places. Wait a second. This is what? Where? Egypt. Red Sea. Wilderness. Jordan. And where? Promised land. Okay? So, Jesus was not baptized symbolically through the race, but his baptism was from where? The Jordan, right? That was where John was baptizing. And you will see that immediately after, immediately after John baptizing, the Spirit led Jesus where? Into the wilderness. Yes, so for how many days? Kalabashata. How many years were the, were, the, were the Egyptians in the wilderness? How many years? Okay. So it, it is symbolic. Okay? It, it is symbolic. That, you see? And after Jesus went into the wilderness for 40, 40 days, he came out. The Bible says he came out of the wilderness with us. And his ministry began. And he said, the Spirit of God. Matthew chapter 4. It's a point. Now, in our time, in our dispensation, okay, you go for people to baptize. We are, we are all baptized, okay? Now, the kind of baptism, we have, we have what is called the water baptism, which we go in, the wider, you know, and of course, the argument will come whether we should dip you in the water or we should sprinkle water on you, which one is better, whether children should be, should be uh, you know, children baptism is whatever, or it's supposed to be adults who, who need to be also baptized. I don't care about that. Uh, they can argue. Yeah, I don't like arguing. Hallelujah. So that, that is water baptism. And water baptism is only something physical, okay, to represent what has happened to you spiritually. So the water baptism itself is not, I mean, the main thing. It's just a symbolic, something symbolic. I will explain what that means. To, to, to let you know what has happened, okay. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, there is a baptism that occurs if you don't see it with your eyes. Are you seeing that? That baptism, okay, one, is being baptized into the body of Christ. Are you seeing it? So you said you have been baptized into the body of Christ. So now you become part of the body. That's what, what we call, you know, the invisible church. That's the body, the body of Christ. So if you are baptized, if you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, okay, what has happened is that you have now been what? Joined to Christ. For this cause, a man, or is it a woman who leaves the man, or the man that is the father's whatever? One person will be the same. <laughs> and we join us what? His wife. And the twin shall be what? One flesh. That is why when you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, it is a marital affair. So you become one flesh with Christ, then you say that you are now part of the body of Christ, and Christ is your head. Hallelujah. That is, that, is what, what, that is the spiritual baptism. That is the most important thing you should understand. That, you see, we sprinkling the water on you is just an outward, you know, I can use the word tradition. Okay? That shows what has happened inside of you. Are you seeing it? So the main thing that has happened inside of you is that now you are joined to Christ and you are now one body in Him. 
one essence, one substance. Hallelujah. That's what's happening. Amen. Now, listen. Listen. You also have what is called the Holy Spirit baptism. Okay, which word and what? Someone, you know, say, hey, we are, we are going to go for missions. We are going to do Holy Spirit baptism. Hey, you see it then? Right? Like that. Then you think you are powerful because you lay hands and someone here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we, we have the Holy Spirit baptism. Now, let me even go to the other one, which is being baptized into the body of Christ. You see? Now, the baptizer, when you say you are being baptized into the body of Christ, the baptizer is the, is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that makes you part of the body of Christ. Are you, are, you, are you getting it? When it comes to the Holy Spirit baptism, where we are laying hands on it to receive, you know, of course, when you accept Jesus as, as a woman person, remember that. You accept Jesus Christ, you accept the Holy Spirit, all of them are inside of you. Okay? But when you say Holy Spirit baptism, we want the Holy Spirit to manifest. Okay? His gifts, His power, and everything to manifest in life. So we lay hands on you. What is called the Holy Spirit baptism? Okay, then of course, it will be manifested by others speaking in tongues and or prophecy. Then that will bring the argument. So if I don't speak in tongues, that doesn't mean I don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't speak in tongues, you prophesy. <laughs> because the manifestation of the Spirit is in, by speech. First Corinthians 12. It begins by saying that we don't serve what damp idols. Then he goes ahead. Signifying that our God speaks before he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe that's for another time. Hallelujah. So remember that we have been baptized into the body of Christ and we have the Holy Spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit baptism is manifested by us speaking in tongues and or prophesying, okay, with the release of some of the other spiritual gifts. That's what's called the Holy Spirit baptism. So when you go and you are laying hands, doing Holy Spirit baptism, what we are saying that we are creating the gift of the Spirit inside of you. Are you seeing? That is another level. But the main thing that I want to emphasize is being baptized into the body of Christ. And that one, it is, it is the Holy Spirit who is making you part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. So then the, the water baptism that we do is just something outward to demonstrate to you that you can baptize us into the body of Christ. It's, it's just outward. Are you saying? So someone asks, hey, so if I'm not water baptized, does, it, does that mean I'm not saved? You are saved. The tea that was on the cross, when Jesus said, today, you do it in paradise. Was that tea baptized? Was that tea baptized? I'm not saying baptism is not good, but I'm saying that you should not lose the sense of, you know, what, 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 I mean, the, the, how do you call it, the main thing, and then allow the traditions, you know, um, um, just be carried away by the, the traditions. Are you getting it? Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to step a bit to that, then I'll move on from this stuff. Listen, another thing that baptism does, okay, forget about everything I've said, and listen to this part. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Now, when you read the book of Romans, which we always say is Paul's treatise of the gospel, okay? And I don't want to go into it, but you, you come to chapter 5, and chapter 5 begins what is called justification of faith. Being justified in we have a, we have peace with God. Then Paul goes ahead to talk about what is called the much most, what you have in Christ. Okay, then he ends by saying that. Where, okay, that's the last verse one verse. Where sin abounds, grace much more. So where the place, the dispensation where sin abounds, that's where God shows much grace. Can you see that dispensation? God is being next to and showing a lot of grace. Why? Because sin abounds. So where sin abounds, grace much more. Then Paul will begin in chapter 6 of the book of Romans by asking a rhetorical question. What is there? Shall we continue to sin? That's what? 
grace may abound. If you are saying that where sin abound, grace much more, then shall we continue to sin? That was grace may abound. Then he answers by saying what? Hell no. Or definitely not. Or God forbid. Right? How shall we, who are dead to sin, live any longer than him? Then he goes ahead to let you know something that baptism does for you. Let's say Now, listen. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Or do you not know that as many, you know, as, as many of, what about that? I can't hear you. We are baptized, we are baptized what? We are baptized into, are you saying it? We are baptized what? Uh, we are baptized into his death. Now listen. So when they dip you in the water, are you seeing it? You know what they are doing? They are what? They are baptizing you into his death. So when you see baptism, they, they will dip the word baptism. Baptism, baptism in the deep. But it means dipping something. So when they dip you in the water, what it means that they are what? They are, what are they doing? They are baptizing you into what? The death of Christ. Now listen, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, we know Jesus died, right? Three days later, he resurrected. Baptism is going to, uh, I'm going to use the word, that word is identification. Okay? So when Jesus was on the cross, so that is Jesus alive. But if today we, we baptize him, his death on the cross becomes your subjective experience. What that means is that when you say you are part of the body of Christ, when he is hanging on the cross, you get it. You are still part of his body. So you are dying him. So he's saying that anyone who has been baptized has been baptized into what? His death. Okay, let's continue. Therefore, we were, we were also what? Buried with him through baptism into death. That just as, so it doesn't end there, just as what? Jesus was raised from the dead by us. Glory of the Father. Oh, okay, that, that's God's glory. But I don't know that the word glory of the Father is symbolic for Holy Spirit. <laughs> when you read the Bible, you see, it is always, and, and I don't know, anytime you are talking about the resurrection of, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they always link it to the Holy Spirit. If you doubt, read Romans chapter 8. But if the Spirit of Him, that means that Jesus from the dead, always Jesus, Okay, or you can even read Ephesians chapter 1 and the last verse. I mean, the, the last few verses. Always, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is attributed to who? The Holy Spirit. So here he's saying that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by what? The glory of the Father. We can substitute that and then put the Holy Spirit of life. Even so, we should do what? We should walk in the way. Now, listen. Okay, let's, let's go to the side. We'll come back to this. We'll, we'll come back to this. Well, let's go to the side. For if you have been united uh-huh, in the likeness of his death, you understand? So when they put you in, in the water, you are being united in the likeness of his death. And you are also dying with him. Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's say, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. So your old man also. So that's what I'm saying. When Jesus was on the cross, this is, this is the Bible. Hey, am I reading from Baja? <laughs> I'm reading from the Bible. Oh, you've not seen it. It's, it's, it's in your Bible. You. Mm-hmm. That our old man also was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Let's go to the seven. that For he that has died is what? Kalabasha Kalaba. This is what your death in Christ does for you. Or this is what baptism should do for you. When they put you in the water, you know 
So baptism is a public declaration of what Jesus has done for you. So you go there and you let them dip in the water. What are you saying? You are saying that I'm identifying with the death of Jesus Christ. What does the death of Jesus Christ do for you? The death of Jesus Christ liberates you from the sun. That's what he's saying. That he that is dead is what? I don't, I don't even want to go into this. Listen. Yes, when, 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 when you are going to marry, when you are going to marry, and what do you say? He, he, so what? So what? So what? So what? But in the Old Testament, or, or I mean, even, even before this system, before this system, obedience. Obedience to Satan. Adam's obedience, Adam and Eve's obedience to Satan was a marital union. Okay? It's married them to Satan. So therefore, Adam and Eve were married to Satan. So they were slaves to Satan. Are you saying? But when Jesus came, you are accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord. As your Lord, what are you doing? You are obeying God's word, right? In the Old Testament, you obey Satan's word. That made them sense. In this dispensation, when you obey the words of Jesus Christ, you are saved. Are you saying that? So if you are saved, then now, See, according to the marital house, it's only death that can separate you. That's what you are saying. That when you are baptized, you are baptized into the person. Now you are dead, you are free. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he that has he that has died has been what? Free from sin. So when you are when you are baptized, you know that I'm liberated from sin. I am free from sin. That's what the death does. But I think to tell you. That what the death of Jesus Christ achieved for you is different from what the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, the two have different significance. That's, that's why Jesus only did not die. Hallelujah. But he also did what? Resurrected. So the death of Jesus Christ is to liberate you from sin. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ, verse 4. Verse 4. Verse 4. It's to make you walk in the newness of life. You know what's happening? Amen. So, to understand the doctrine of baptism is someone who understands that I am liberated from sin. Do you get this? And I'm, God has called me to walk in what is called the newness of life. It's a new life. That's what is called Zoe. That's the kind of God's life. He said that if you have been baptized into Him, you are baptized into His death, you are free from sin, you are liberated from sin. You have to understand this. Because when it comes to you giving the issues of addiction, it's a legal thing. If you don't know your stance, that I have been baptized, so legally speaking, sin, I am free from you. You never be free. So you have to understand. So I'll say once again that once conceptualization, once understanding of the doctrine of baptism is enough to break addictions. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Break addictions. Hallelujah. That's what, that's the first thing. It's the principle. Walk in the meaning of Peace, healing, mental stability. Wait, you don't know, you know what thinking about revenge. Mm-hmm. In your mind, nah, eh, the people that you are planning to repay, eh, occupying the bed of your, of your several quarters. Hallelujah. Amen. We are living as we are going to walk in the new life. Are you living? Like it's, it's a new life. New life. Amen. So you see why these doctrines are essential for you to become Christ-like. To conform to His image, you need to understand these doctrines and their significance. Hallelujah. Amen. There is more to be said, but as I said, I am somewhere. I can't go into it. But you can go into There is something that. <laughs> go down, 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 go down
that Christ, knowing that Christ, having been, having been what? Raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Let's continue. For death that he died, he died to, he died to what? To sin. You see, so, so I'm saying that his death accomplishes something, but his resurrection. But what? But the life that he lives, he lives unto, unto God. That's the meaning of life. So what the death of Jesus achieved for you is different from what his resurrection achieved for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's continue. Let's learn. Hey, when I when I, when I saw this thing, he said, likewise, he also reckon, logizomai, reckon is an accounting term. That means every day when you wake up, you, you have to reckon. Reckon that what? You are in this. Reckon, you have to reckon. Hmm. But a life to what? To God. Let's go to the soul. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey. It's in its last. Let's go to the you when I when I understood this in my life, is, isn't this? And do not what present your members as what? Or you know what instrument of righteousness is? Which instrument is used to measure length? Meter rule, right? So you are saying that don't 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 become the instrument that we use to measure unrighteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do not present yourself. Do, do not present your members. That's your body. As what? Well, as instruments of unrighteousness. Is in, but present yourself to God as being what? As life from the dead. And present your members as what? <laughs> instrument for what? So now you become the SIV for measuring righteousness. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. This one is called the meaning of life. This one baptism does. Amen. Amen. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, we want to go. You know, going with the book of Romans, mm-hmm. but you like the other Romans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews six verse verse two. You know what? Hebrews, Hebrews six two. Let's look at the the doctrine number four, right? Doctrine number four. Where is what? Laying on of what? Laying on of hands. Now, let me just quickly brush through this. You know, we've been seeing it happen, right? We go for programs, we lay hands, we lay hands, okay? Uh, it's, it's very simple. I'm just giving you three reasons why we lay hands, okay? So, the first, the first reason for laying hands, or the first thing that, I mean, laying hands achieved, of course, in the Bible, is um, what, what is called um, identification. Okay, identification. So, in the Old Testament, we saw, and you can read from the book of Exodus, chapter 29, okay? Okay. You, you see over there that they said that, you know, do this when you are going to sacrifice the animal, okay, you bring the animal to, to the altar and what do you do? You lay your hands on it. Okay, and as, as you lay your hands on it, what, what happens is that you transfer what you are saying. So that's the concept of identification. Okay, so the innocence of the animal is transferred on you and then your guilt and your sins are transferred over on the animal. So it's called identification, okay. So that, that's what they used to do in the Old Testament. That's what the laying on your hands achieved. Uh, in the Old Testament, okay, that's that's it. And we lost chapter twenty-nine. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Of course. So um, fine. So um, we, we have we have, we have what is called the the pet lamp and then the stick. Okay. So the pet lamp. So you bring the two of them there, and you, you lay your hands on the two of them. 
Then the scapegoat, you allow the scapegoat to go into the wilderness, an animal or two. Then the tetlam, the one you love very, very much. That one, you take it to the altar. Then you now tie the hands, tie the leg. Then you now use the knife to so for every sin that you do, you bring this one. Every sin. By the time you are done sinning ten times, then you become poor. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. God should bring it back. Every sin, thousand sins. See, people be forced to be righteous. Hallelujah. So that's what that's what they were doing. Of course. I mean, I mean, um, of course. When when Jesus was okay, you know, um, John the Baptist laid inside of him during baptism, and and after that. Um, he released Jesus as the scapegoat into the world and he be tempted of the devil for forty years. And of course, Jesus himself also became the petulant. He's God's beloved son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son. So he became the petulant, like Isaac. That's the father himself had to kill on the cross. Okay, so that's one thing that, that laying on of hands used to be in the Old Testament for identification. Okay? The second thing that laying on of hands does is, is what is a commission. Okay, so let's say he elects you as um, new leaders, right? You can't search for the laying hands of you and pray for you. And they, they commission you to, to um, of course, punish <coughs> um, okay? um, um, you. Can, you can see, you, you, you can get it in the book of Acts, chapter 9, okay? You can see it in Acts, Acts 9. And when the court is given to someone to lay hands on them, they initiate them. Okay, um, so that is, that is commission. Then the third one, or the third reason why we lay hands is for impartation. Hallelujah. And of course, that's the reason why most of us go for people to lay hands on. Impartation. Okay, and when, when you talk about impartation, uh, we have, uh, of course, we can impart blessings, right? Blessing. We can also impart spiritual gifts. We can impart healing. In the Old Testament, we imparted gifts. Hallelujah. So the blessings we can see in the Old Testament where um, when Jacob was blessing the two the two sons of when Jacob right was blessing the two sons of Joseph. Joseph. Uh, he, he actually uh, he okay. so blessings I think you can find that in Genesis uh, verse 14. Okay. Uh, then we, we also have then then we, we also have uh, uh, the laying on of hands for spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. So you can lay your hands on someone and then of course they may receive spiritual gifts. Okay? Then the last one is healing. Of course, Mark 6 verse um, verse 5 and 6. But he says laying hands on the sick. So let's just look at that. Mark 6. And of course, if you do no mighty words there, except that we lead the sons of the sick people and they, they were in the okay. So you can, you can also see that when you lay hands, um, um, of course. So the laying on of hands is, is biblical, hallelujah. But be careful the kind of hands that lays, that, that is laid on. Because they are mysterious hands all around. <laughs> hallelujah. And if you are here, you also be careful of the kind of people that you lay hands on. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't like laying hands on. People I don't know. Hey, man of God, hey, lay hands. If you lay hands on someone, okay, that means that you are giving the person your approval. If the person goes and, and that evil thing, it should be accounted to you. Are you seeing it? So you, you have to be very, very careful. 
I know all of you are members and partners and people come. Oh. Lay hands eh, and if you are, you know, youthful exuberance. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you, you run and then, you know, you, you go and then please be careful. Hallelujah. But, but it's difficult. Let's go. We don't have much time. Let's, let's go to the next. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Laying of hands and from there it goes where? Resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead. Hey! Hallelujah. Let's go to First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. <coughs> now, in First Corinthians 15, which is called the creme de la creme of the New Testament, you see in the first four verses, of course, it defines what the gospel is. Then, then from this, from the slide down, Paul then begins to mention people who saw Jesus resurrect. Because listen, Paul is going to make an argument from verse 11 down to 29. Paul is going to make an argument. But before his argument, he has to. Okay, listen, we are going to read. Relax, okay? <laughs> Relax. You, you need to understand this. Hmm? Anything can happen. The, rup- the rupture can, can come right now. When you go to exams and you are heaven and you are writing exams, you don't want to see it. <laughs> so, more of our brethren. I declare, see, it begins with more of our brethren. And you see the last verse, 58. Therefore, brethren. Okay, whatever that means. More of our brethren. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to you, which which also you receive and where you stand, uh-huh. uh, by which you also say if you hold fast, or else which I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. That is to say, if you don't memorize scriptures, if you have believed in vain. Okay, hey, sorry. Uh, let's continue on verse. For uh, so I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died, that Christ died for our sins according to scripture, and then that he was buried, and that he was ruled. And that he rose again the third day according to scripture. You read it and but you ask yourself, when 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 Paul was using scripture, which scripture was Paul talking about? The old testament, right? Paul was the one who the new testament. So during the time, the only scripture they had was what? So when the old testament was written that Jesus would be resurrected on the third day. Think about it. Let's go to the side. And that's as I said, from here going, he's going to talk about people who saw him resurrect. That's say that what what Paul is going to say is true. Jesus resurrected. So he has to give evidence. He started by mentioning who? Cephas. Who is Cephas? Peter. Right? And then of the top, then you were seen by the 500, of whom some of them were dead, others who were still alive. Let's continue. And then of course you were seen of James and then by the apostles. And last of all, you were seen by me. As one who was born out of due time. Out of due time is, is an obstetric term, which means pre term labor. That means that, not, not name Okay? As, as one who was what? Born out of due time. Uh-huh. Of course, for the least of other apostles, I am not willing to go out because I persecuted the church of God. For ah, my favorite verse. For by the grace of God, I am I am. And this verse of Dino Zagos, do I live more? I go and then know. Yes, not I. By the grace of God, it was given unto me. Let's continue. So therefore, whether it's I or me, you preach and you believe. Let's continue. We don't read your Bible. You read it today. We are going to read that to 50, 50, 58. Now, if God is preaching to you that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection? Hey! If Jesus has resurrected from the dead, how come some of you, you now you are here, you, 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 Loki, 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 you think that when people die, you're not resurrected. Mm-hmm. That's why you go to funeral. You cry like, you know, you've lost the head forever. Hallelujah. 
This is what he's saying. How say some of you? He rises the chicken. Some of you are saying that there is no resurrection. You see, and, and I think I mentioned it some time ago. To be a Christian and not to believe in resurrection means that you are a confused man. Why? Because Christianity is based on what? Death. The resurrection of Christ. I'm, I'm coming to teach you a secret. Hmm? But you, you live a happy life. You want to be happy? I'm the happiest person on earth. Whether you, whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to teach you a secret. Let's continue. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Are you seeing the point? So it's logical. He's making a logical presentation. Let's continue. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is what? Hey, hey, let me go. If Christ, if Christ is not Christ is not risen. Let me just pack my things and go and tell, right? Let me go and. Okay, today is not Friday night. Tomorrow is Friday night. Friday night, right? Right? You're better than what? You're better. Okay? Let's go and chill. If Christ is not, if Christ is not risen, hey, we are wasting our time. You get it. People are misbehaving outside. You now, you've been chased for your whole life. For what? To what end? Go and mess up. You get it. Mess up. Hallelujah. Are, are you seeing it? That is the implication if Christ is not resurrected. That's the implication. That we are, we are all just a bunch of people who don't have anything to do and we are just in and we just started, you know, social events, so, you know, just come and sing and then, you know, satisfy our conscience. That's the implication if Christ is not resurrected. Okay, let's continue. And yes, we also found false witnesses of God because we are testifying that God has raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If, of course, the dead do not raise up. Are you getting the point? Let's go to the 16. For if the dead do not raise up, then Christ is not risen. Continue. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Let's continue. And, and then all those who are falling asleep. Listen. The Bible never says a Christian is dead. The Bible always uses the term that a Christian is, what? is asleep. I get it. The Bible doesn't say that a Christian has been buried. The Bible says a Christian has been what? Soon. You see it. You see it. Let's continue. Is it verse 19? Now, listen to what he's saying. For if in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, then we are all men KJB, most miserable, most pitiable. Do you know the meaning? If the reason why we are doing all this Christianity is because of this life, and after after death, we all become organic manure. I, I saw something. I wanted to post it, but right now I'm not posting on WhatsApp because <laughs> I wanted to post it. Is that what if plants were are actual are actually cultivating us? You get it? They give us then is that become a new for them? <laughs> are you getting it? Hey, it could be true. Okay. So 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 listen. Listen. If indeed hmm, the reason why we are doing all this Christianity, the reason why you want to be good, and, and you see, the reason why I you can go and tell them. I believe that the politicians don't believe in God. They think that, okay, life is all about this. This is what they think. Of. If, you know, it's all about this life. Ooh, ooh, you get it. So they will come. You will see very soon. Let us eat and chill, right? And drink for tomorrow what? We die. You see it over here. So if you have this mindset, then you live your life anyhow. Because you don't think there is any, any word accountability. You will cheat people. Are you getting it? So when you say the, the politicians cheating, it's because of what they believe and what they don't believe. You get it? 
Everything. So you say that if in this life only, if in this life only, we have hope in Christ Jesus, then Christians are the most miserable. Do you get it? Then all the sacrifices you are making, if it's not going to amount to anything, then you are miserable. Charlie, go and tell like that people are chilling. Why are you here? And people then. You should go and learn some. Are you getting this? People are people are watching Netflix and eating conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> right? Go and do some. Are you getting this? People are there. Bad, they are drinking alcohol. But you, you, look at you, look at your life. Look at how pure you are. You don't drink alcohol, you don't smoke. Are you seeing it? Right? You are chased. Are, are you seeing it? Okay, well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I, I hope so. Hallelujah. Yes, you are obedient, you are respectful, you don't want to. Telling for what? To what end? Paul is saying that if there is no resurrection, all the things that you are doing is waste. You see, just one thing. Let's go into Okay, uh-huh. of course, remember, falling asleep once again. Continue. Uh-huh. Go back, go back, go back, go back. So, I, can, I can spend one hour teaching all the best one by one. Is that for sense, but no, 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 go up, go up, go up. Yes, but now, Christ was, please, emphasize this. But now, Christ was risen from the dead, and he has become what? The best food. Uh-huh. You realize? Best food, best food. Right? Uh-huh. Okay, he didn't say only foods. One day, for God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten son. And the time came, he said, Jesus, I have become the first begotten. Listen, only begotten is different from first begotten. When you say only begotten son, that means he is the only one. When you say first begotten, that means he has become first and they are others. So for, for us to say that Jesus has become the first fruit of those that have resurrected, that means that they are going to be others. He is just the first. Hallelujah. He is not the only fruit, okay, that, that, that is resurrected, but he has become the first fruit. That means that this must be seen to me. There'll be resurrection. Hallelujah. Let's mm-hmm. continue. Uh, for sales by, for sales by man came dead, also by man came resurrection. If Adam brought dead, then Christ can also bring resurrection. Let's continue. As another one died, even so in Christ also be made alive. Let's continue. Ah, but each one of us, according to our honor, that Christ the first once again. After was, ah, so Christ has become the first. Then after was, are you getting those are that? Listen. Christ was the first person to be resurrected. He said that, hey, but, but, he goes to the Bible, but Jesus wanted to raise some people from the dead, right? Wasn't allowed to raise people from the dead. Uh-huh. You see, all of them, the Bible will never say resurrected. The Bible will say, raise them from the dead. To be raised from the dead is different from resurrection. Resurrection means that you don't die again. To be raised from the dead means you can die again. The Lazarus die again. So Jesus was the first person to be resurrected. That's why he's the first thing. Let's continue. Ah, then come the end. Okay, let's continue. Skip. Nah, skip. One by one, take your time. Skip. 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 Uh, we think of skip missions, right? <laughs> skip. Skip. Good. Now, this, this is how it's exciting. Why? As Christians. Why? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? Continue. I have stand by the boasting in which I have the Lord Jesus that I died in. Continue. And if I've got my man, I've called the visit to what advantage is about if the dead is not raised. No, go back. If the dead is not raised, then Paul is saying that look at all the things that Paul went to. Second Corinthians chapter 11. When you, when you, when you have to come, just read this. All the things that Paul went to. He says that if the dead, right, what is the advantage to me if the dead is not right? Then let us what? Eat and drink. Ha, I can see our politicians in this saying this. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow what? 
Right, then the various. <laughs> they should get more coffins, right? Let's continue. Uh, don't be deceived. Evil not. So if you find yourself with people who think like that, then they, they are going to corrupt you. So evil company corrupts good words. Can you say money? This is a habit. Let's continue. I wish righteousness and sinner. Because some of you have God. Hey, if you don't have God, then you are. I'm a sheep. Right? Paul is saying, I'm not the one to do it. For some of you have not. You, hey, some of you, you are very good. Hey, you have like, Charlie, you've chewed the whole budget, you've chewed the whole Davidson, you've chewed the whole Harrison, you've chewed the whole essential hematology, you've chewed the, the whole Leninger, you've chewed the whole Kitmore. Small Bible. The Bible that, that nursery for you is, Jesus is you see, the Bible is the only syllable that, <laughs> that is used throughout you. You at every phase, at every point now you, you change your academic syllabus, right? The Bible is the same thing, from KD to Nezu, that's not only me. Hey! Let me tell you. Right, that, for, for some of you, for some of you have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this word to your shame. Paul is saying it's a shame of you if you don't know God. If you don't have the knowledge of God, it's a shame of you. That's why me, okay, I don't only get academic knowledge. Academic knowledge means we get. Mm, get. Mm? But what I boast of, what gives me excitement so, is the way, you know, I study the Bible more than I study my news. And you know how I study my news. So you can, you see, when I saw this, it changed my life. See there? Ah, let's continue. You see, you go to heaven. When you go to heaven, me now, I'll come back and I'll teach you. In heaven. I'll teach you people I don't learn the word. I'll come and teach you again. You, you have a reference. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's continue. Uh-huh. So yeah, here is the question. They are talking about resurrection and then he comes. He says, ah, if they are saying resurrection, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Huh? He said, you know, hey, someone died by accident, right? The, the body bends, right? Someone got cancer. Someone has diabetes with ulcers. You know, if you bury the person deep, the, the body will just rot. So what are you saying about resurrection? With what bodies? Let me tell you, if you understand the concept of anthropology, that man is what? A spirit, has a soul, and lives this way. This way that you are saying, that's not it. You can die right now. Okay, let, let me give you an someone to die right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the planet that you want to die? Uh-huh. Oh, I wanted you to die, so you come and tell her that your spirit will leave your body. Then you will see this body with life. You know, someone said, hey, if I die, they will put me in, in coffin. Hey. Hmm. It should be hot. Look, nice. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I tell them, I tell them that if you if you put if you put this shirt in washing machine, do you think about it? Ah, because you are not the shirt. The shirt is just containing you. So the essential aspect of you is your spirit. When you die, your spirit will leave you. It doesn't mean that you are going to it. That's your spirit. That's why you don't spend a lot of time on the physical property, are you getting it? But you spend a lot of time on building who you essentially are as a spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what bodies are they, are they, when you say they are going to serve, isn't the Bible interesting? <laughs> and I don't know why you can read the Bible and it's boring. Ah, that's what you mean. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If anyone who has that question, you are I like the KJV. The KJV is there. It turns out to be doubtful. Okay? Now, then, he down switches from the esoteric mysteries mm, into botany. Botany 101. 
If you put a seed in the soil, huh? so then it goes to agriculture. This is the concept of agriculture to explain spiritual things. Okay? So that's what thou sowest. Thou sowest, when you put a seed in the ground, you don't sow the seed, you see, as the plant. I see. So you sow the seed over there. I, I get it. That's what I'm saying that he, he is comparing the death of a believer towards sowing of the seed. That's what the end. If you put a seed in the soil, you are not paying it. What are you doing? You are sowing it. Are you getting it? Hey, when you understand this, when, when someone dies, it, it will bash you. It will bash you because, you know, for, for, the, for the short period of time, you are going to miss the test, right? But you know that that is not the end. So when I go to the I see. Uh, don't say that me, I don't have hearts. I don't have emotion. Okay, sometimes I cry. Okay. Uh, but I don't remember the last time I cried. But, okay. So, I believe in you. Those are No, no, I just observe it. Of course, cry. <laughs> but don't cry as if like you, you miss the person forever. I get it. So you, you put it there, then okay, let's go up. Okay, so at the end of it, it, it will come up either as a green or whatever. It's God that's what. It is God that's what. It's God that gives a body as to gives. Okay? And to each each seed is on the less on them. All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one flesh of man, another of animals, another of fishes, another of birds. And there are celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies, and the glory of what? You know, there's also the glory of the sun, the glory of the moon, the glory of the stars, and one star differs from the other in glory. So, also, is the resurrection of the fog. So, it is so in what? Corruption. Now, when you talk about corruption, it talks about weakness. You see, you know, so the, the body is corrupted. You die by the explosion. Prophet also talks about the solidness or the fragility or how real and pathetic the body is. With all the, the sickness and infirmities. Are you getting it? Someone, someone, this, this, someone, this, 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 you know, sometimes it's shameful that you are a Christian and, 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 and the sickness has killed you. I, 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 I think it's so. Don't worry. It's so in what? It's raised up in what? Hallelujah. It's so in weakness. It is raised in what? It is so. Have to suffer. As what? As a natural one. All the body that you have in your soul is natural one. Natural one. But if you are going to receive one, it is what? For our citizenship is in where? From whence? Who shall change our vile bodies? The word change is metastimatozoma. Change our vile bodies that it might be fashioned as unto his glory. According to the temple, where is it? Hallelujah. So, listen, you have to believe in, in, in resurrection. Let me tell you, you are going to resurrect. I get it. I get it. This is my thinking. You see, you see, what the devil does is that the devil uses fear of death. I get it. Hey, when I don't want to teach the implications of fear of death. The implications of fear of death. The implications. Let's go. Our time is up. Let's go to. We have one last one. That one that I'll just summarize. Let's go to. Uh, 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Okay. Okay. Let's go through things. He's, he's going to have, this is talking about Jesus. So he's, he's trying to tell us what Jesus has done for us. Let's see. Wait. Wait. Hebrews 2, rather. Hebrews 2. Okay. So you, let's, let's go up to 4 and Inasmuch as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's being human is you are flesh and blood. So Jesus also, okay, he himself likewise shared in the same. That means that he also became flesh and blood. Why? So that he might die. Okay. That through death he might destroy him. Who has the power of death? Who has the power of death? Satan, right? That's the devil. Continue. Verse 15. And release those who through what? Those who through what? Yeah. All their lifetime have been what? Subject to bondage. Hey, everybody's afraid of death. Oh, but let me tell you, a, a time came where when Jesus released the disciples from the, this this period of fear of death. Eh? A time came when when they were going to you know we know that that, that same Peter, eh, Peter, when they were coming before Jesus died on the cross. Hey, you know him? Ah, I don't know him. When took a I don't even know him. Three times, right? But that same Peter, when the Holy Spirit was released. And God cast away the fear of death. Eh? When, when they said when they were going to crucify it, they were singing hymns and songs. Goodness. They, they, they were happy. Hallelujah. When they were stoning Satan, haven't you read this in the Bible? What did this go mean? They knew this. That life is not. Listen, if you leave, do you think Jesus killed? He lived for 33 years, right? We you know, measure, measure blessing according to how, how long. A, a person is. That is not so. That is not so. If you finish your assignment, it is finished. You have to go to the You get I get it. And don't, 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 don't only look for how long you live your life. You get How long you live your life on earth. No, it's not about how long you live. It's the quality of the life you live. Not the quantity. Hey, so you are not afraid. Let me tell you. If, if you have a diagnosis, eh, pray that God gives you. But even if God has not given you, what's happening? I get it. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. You see, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one knows that. <laughs> listen, listen, only that kind of you know what's going to happen. Your spirit will be this body. I told you this body is just a container. This body is just that which is carrying you. This body is that which makes you, you know, don't go to the legal tents. That for a person to, to be legally accepted on earth, that person needs a body. That's why Jesus needed a body. That's why the demons, they, they use people's bodies. Okay, that makes you legal on earth. So your spirit, when it's time to leave, your spirit will leave your body. Hallelujah! Mm-hmm. Let's finish let's, up let's, let's the first one. <coughs> let's go down. Down, 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 down to the fifth one. Okay, behold, I show you what a mystery. Mystery is mysterious. It, it means a, a kind of knowledge that only few people have access to. People that are initiated. So the word mystery, mysterious, means the initiated one. Only people are initiated to understand it. Paul is saying, I show you a mystery. That what? We shall not all sleep. That means we shall not all die. The time that Jesus comes, I will be dead. Others will still be, will be alive. Are you saying? 
Paul is saying, we shall not all sin, but eventually we will all be us. We will all be changed to our spiritual bodies. So whether you die or you are alive, when Christ comes, he says he shall change our vile bodies that shall be fashioned as unto his glorious body. When Christ comes, you will all be changed. So though we, we may not all fall asleep, but you will all be what? Changed. And do you know how long it's going to take that change? In what? In a, in a moment. Do you know what a moment is? A moment is one eighth of a second. So once you get a trumpet in a moment, at, the, at what? At what? So it's, it's going to give another comparison to measure the, the, the time. At what? At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be what? Raised up incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Let's continue. For this person, must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on what? Immortality. He's describing the, the, the kind of the, the body that we get when we resurrect. That body is incorruptible. When you say incorruptible, that means that sickness cannot be in that body. No cancers, no viruses, nothing. It's an incorruptible, nothing can corrupt it. And it's also an eternal, it's not ephemeral, it's not temporal, it's not transient like the kind of body that we have now. That body that, you see, it's a point that God, before the foundation of the world, you think this body is glorious, but God has, has been preparing a body for you. So I show you. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, most of us, I don't think you have ever thought of it. We think that the place that is going to prepare is just the audience. I'm telling you, that place is also your glorified body. <laughs> so this kind of place for you. Because we can think about it as perfect Remember, that place that is preparing for you, temple is your body. Glorified body. And we are. Let's go. So when this corruption, when this corruption has become corruption and this mortal has been, then shall be, then shall be what to pass. That which is written. Anytime you see the Bible, that which is written. Go to the Old Testament. It is, it is written something for it. That death is what? Swallowed up in what? Victory. Continue. Then he asks, Oh, death, where is thy sting? You see, when you resurrect from the dead, this is the question of that. Death, you thought you had me, but you raised up with power. Say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? The death that everyone is afraid of. Ha! When Jesus comes, you are you are risen from the dead and you have death discussion. Where is thy sting? You had me for a short period of time, but now Christ has come. Where is where is your power? Where is thy sting? Oh, oh grave or oh Hades, where is thy victory? And goes ahead to say that the sting of death is what? Sin. And the strength of sin is the law. Let's continue. Ah, but thanks be to God. Who gives us what? That victory over death is given by God. Ha, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's continue. And it ends. Death might be that victory. As it began, the verse one, more about my brother. So it's ending in the history. Therefore, be what? Steadfast. He's saying, if you understand the doctrine of baptism, you are going to be steadfast in the faith. Nothing is going to move you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Nothing is going to move you. Whether you, you know, someone's like, ah, I don't believe in God again. He got my mother was sick and I was sick and my mother died. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you will be steadfast in the faith. Nothing is going to move you. Ah, if you understand the doctrine of, 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 of resurrection, is that be this steadfast immovable, always what? Abandoned in the work of the Lord. You have joy to do God's work, irrespective of whatever you receive, okay? Knowing that what you will need that. Let's end with the last one, which is the doctrine of eternal living. Now, let me, let, me just, let me just give you what I call the order of events. What's happening, you know, about this. Now, listen. Listen, the time that we are in is what is called the time of the church. Okay, or the dispensation of grace. And we don't know how long that, that it will be, okay? The dispensation of the grace of the time of the church will end when Jesus comes. But we don't know when Jesus comes. 
We don't know. But the day that Jesus comes in, we can predict accurately each second what will happen afterwards. But we don't know when he's coming. But when he comes right now, everything has been predicted accurately in the Bible. What will happen? So this is what is going to happen. The day Jesus comes, the church, those who are part of his body, are you seeing it? Will be lost. Cut up. The word cut up is the word apazu, which is the word rapture. So you will be cut up with him. Now, this, this is what is called you know, the rapture. The rapture is different from the skin coming of Christ. So this is the rapture. The rapture, Jesus is in the air. We meet him in the air. Are you seeing that? Then you go with him to heaven for seven years. For seven years. Then on earth, what, what is going to happen is that there is someone called the Antichrist. Hallelujah. The Antichrist is a man. He's called the, the world leader. So what is going to happen is that, you know, what is going to happen is that, if, you know, the world is going to get to a, a, a difficult time, okay? Times are difficult. And you, you can see signs and symptoms. We are getting there small, 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 small. Are you seeing it? Ah, then, then someone will come up with ideas. Okay? Excellent ideas. Then you bring the world together. Bring global peace. But that global peace is for three and a half years. We divide that seven years into two. The first three and a half years, where there is a paradoxical peace. Then, he goes to perform what is called the abomination of desolation. <coughs> that is to say, that he go. Now, if, if your eyes are open, you will see that they are rebuilding the temple in Israel. <laughs> The data that they, they will finish rebuilding that temple, everything will come to pass. So you go to that temple and you sacrifice good and uh, pig. You know, Israel, Israelites, they don't like pig. So you go to the temple, sacrifice to go back there. That's what is called abomination of desolation. When that happens, then what is called, you read the book of Revelation and you see what is called the tribulation. So the tribulation will then, it's, it's only for three hours. Three and a half years. People think it's seven years. It's the last three and a half years of the seven-year period, and it's tribulation. All the things that you read in the Old Testament, all the tribulations will happen, will happen, will happen. But remember, sometimes those days when you're young, when you're reading the Book of Revelation, you are afraid, right? <laughs> but you see, remember that time you've been caught up in heaven. The church is not going to go to the, the tribulation. Remember, you are in heaven, chilling in heaven. I'll tell you what happens in heaven. But on earth, this one is going to happen in heaven. for that seven years period. Let's go up to heaven and see what is happening there. So in heaven, that seven years period, okay, there's going to be, you know, award ceremonies. Mm, award ceremonies. There's what is called the marriage feast of the Lamb. That's what's going to happen about it. Children, eating, drinking, married. Whilst on earth, you're having your tribulation. I think when that seven years period is up, what's going to happen is that those that the Bible called the overcomers. You see, we are all Christians. We all rapture, but we are not all the same. When you read the book of Revelation 2 and 3, when you read the book of what? Revelation. That's the Revelations. Okay. It's Revelation. When you read the book of the book of Revelation in chapters 2 and 3, you see that he's going to talk to the, the seven churches of Asia Minor. Then at the end of it, that to him that overcometh. Have you seen that? So there are the church, but in the church we have a set of people called the overcomers. Go and read about the characteristics of the overcomers and make sure that you are part. <laughs> The overcomers are those we will come with Jesus Christ on earth, right? And we are those that we are going to bring with Christ for a period of thousand years. That's what is called the millennial period. 
Then after that period of thousands, we are ushered into eternity. That's where you will see the heavenly Jerusalem, which is a whole topic. And it's a building of eternal state. This is what is called the order of events. The order of events. Time, time tells me to show you all the scriptures. Okay, but if, if you, when it comes to eternal judgment, I didn't talk about the Bimatic judgment, which, which is the judgment of believers, where Jesus gives us crowns, the five crowns, crown of life, crown of righteousness, all these crowns. Was, okay? Then we have the five point judgment, which is the judgment of unbelievers. That one, once you, your name is part of white throne judgment, you are going to hell straight away. Then you have the goods and sheep judgment, which is national judgment, where God was going to judge nations according to how they treated Israel during the period of tribulation. That was for the goods and sheep judgment. That's where Jesus said, Huh, whatever you didn't do unto my brethren, didn't do to me. You, you read that. Amen. Amen. Now, these are, the, these, are the, these are Christian doctrines which have been presented to you. Which have been presented to you. What are you going to do with this? Hallelujah. If, if all these things don't change the way you live your life, then I don't, I don't know what else. I mean, if you want us to teach you Hallelujah. God has sent some of us to come in. Hmm? You, have, you have spent a lot of years reading the Bible. And we have come to explain it to you. It's, it's up to you to, to, to do something with your faith. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. That God, God should make these words, you know, mean something to you. And that the lessons will not be wasted. The lessons will not be wasted. So I'm beginning to pray. Rashata la basaka. Hey, may we become instruments of righteousness. Instruments of righteousness. In the name of Jesus. In this dispensation, where people are becoming instruments of unrighteousness, may God make us instruments of righteousness. In the name of Jesus, may we adequately represent God wherever we find ourselves. Because we know that there is a time coming. <laughs> We know that it's a pure time. Hey, when we shall appear before God. When we appear before God, what are you going to say to him? Hey, this is true. I'm telling you. Goodness. If it's not true, find something else to believe. Okay? But this is true. The time will come. I'm telling you. The time will come. That time will come. That time will come. Then, then you, you remember this day. Remember, you remember this day that I said here, but I didn't do anything with this. I want someone to pray that God, push that Hey! Let these things influence the way I live my life. Let me know that there is a day coming where I shall stand before God and give account. He said, Quote Baba Baba, in second Corinthians on the Bible, verse number 10. He said, We shall all appear before the judgment seat of God. That's what it's called the Bima seat. We shall appear before God and He shall repay us according to what we did in His body. Motolo Shatalaba. We have looked at the doctrine of baptism and we have concluded. That the, the, the doctrine of baptism should give you some, some boldness that God has delivered you from death. He said, He that is dead is free from sin. And he has been raised to live unto God. What is called the newness of life. What is called the, the Zoe. We are living this place as new beings, as new entities. We look at the doctrine of resurrection. We look at laying on of hands. We look at eternal judgment. 
There is a time coming. There is a time coming. I'm telling you. I came to tell you that God is waiting for us. I came to tell you that God has empowered us in this, this dispensation. And He's telling us to go and dispense His truth. To go and, to go and spread His truth abroad. In the name of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, may you become an ambassador of God. In the name of Jesus. We've come to draw, 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 draw from you again.